Hello and welcome back everyone. This is Learning Curves with Liz and today I have the amazing honor of welcoming onto the podcast my good friend Deborah Cat. She is a fellow peer of mine. She is a sex and relationship coach with background in Tantra. She is amazing. She just lights up a room. She's so incredibly warm and welcoming and she just gives you permission to be everything that you are without shame. She's incredibly warm, super smart, and I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation as I get to know her a little bit more and we see what Miss Deborah is all about. Links to find her will be all over the place and at the end and she'll uh, let you know a little bit more about her and let's get into this. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Learning Curves with Liz. Together, we will explore an array of sexual and sensual ideas, discover and embrace our authentic selves, all while meeting interesting people along the way. Life is full of twists and turns. The growth and joy is in the curves. Candid convos about life's biggest lessons and finding your bliss with Liz. All right. Hello, Deborah. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. It's so good to see you again. I've been so looking forward to this. Thank you. Me too. I I super appreciate uh, getting to hang out and chat with you and be a part of your uh, a part of your world and a part of your podcast world. Yeah, I agree. It's awesome to have you here. And it's like we've kind of been like going back and forth. And I got to join your world last week, which was super super fun. And uh, now I now I get you in in my little bubble. I think we have similar bubbles though. <laughs> <laughs> like a Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah. And I I love I love the over overlapping. There's lots of overlapping. It's super juicy. It's like a big cuddle puddle. Mm-hmm. Good to overlap. Awesome. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to give you a minute just to get out who you are, hear it from, from your own mouth. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I already know, but let's, let's have it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, I am a sex and relationship coach. I work with men and I support them in understanding women mm. so they can have uh, social confidence and sexual mastery and just amazing relationships. And I come from a background of, um, so I've spent like the last 20 years as a professional dominatrix and a Tantra educator. Um, And the fun thing about that is I have a really wide range of places and ways to play with people. And um, really, you know, the beauty of all that is that in my experience, if you go far enough into sort of the dark side, you end up in the light. If you go far enough into the light, you end up playing in the dark. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> Elaborate on that one for me. I've heard you say that before, and I'm intrigued. I want more. <laughs> hmm. Cool. Well, you know, it's funny. I So I grew up in San Francisco, and I kind of started my sexual exploration at the Renaissance Fair. Oh, yes. And so... <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you know, the Renaissance Fair is all about characters and costumes and props. And 
power dynamics, right? Because there's a lot of play between the upper class and the lower class. Mm. And so my early lovers came from the Renaissance fair. So it was kind of natural for us to take the play from the day into our bedroom. I love that. And it actually wasn't until I was in college when I really started realizing kind of how alternative and kinky I was. Because it was just um, normal. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because all of these things, you know, I, I, I was really lucky. I got to see all different kinds of relationships mm. working. You know, I got to see poly relationships. I got to see, you know, same sex relationships. Mm. I got to see just multi different kinds of different relationships, leather relationships, platonic relationships. So I got to see all of these different relationship styles. Did you say leather relationships? Yeah. I mean, there is definitely like people who were, um, you know, BDSM oriented and that was their relationship. So, um, you know, they had a very, they had a power dynamic that was not only in their uh, playtime relationship, but it was also in their everyday, in their, in their everyday relationship. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just, it was just kind (laughs) of, and again, it was kind of like, oh, okay, this is just what people do. There's a certain freedom about the Renaissance Fair that if you've been to a Renaissance Fair, I think you see it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that sort of happens on the streets Mm -hmm. and then it happens in the sheets. Yeah, but I remember like getting into college and my first boyfriend and he was just appalled. It was like, what do, you, what do you mean you want me to do to, you know, be your stable boy? And what do you mean you want to be my serving wench? And it was just kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> wow. What a treat for him. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it was kind of out of his, mm. it was out of his range. And um so, and, and what's funny about that is my sexual shame didn't really come in until my 20s and 30s. Mm. It really shut me down. Like, yeah. it was like, wow, I, I didn't, I didn't understand. I mean, let me put this in context. Like, yes, I understood that it wasn't what everybody wanted to do. Yeah. It wasn't what I saw on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. It was just strange to me that this was so much fun and he wasn't into yeah. it. Then it's sort of kind of that too much, too soon, mm. too loud yeah. part started coming out. It's like the opposite of the exploration of someone who hasn't experienced too much walking into like a sex party at a club and being like, oh, deer in headlights. Like you already kind of you were immersed in more of that like freedom and acceptance. And it's like it's not even taboo things, but just kind of being in the environment where this is way more normalized and then like just living your own kind of kind of way and then being brought up against in your 20s of being like, no, that's out there. <laughs> and you're like, no, wait, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. this is normal. Like, it's really interesting having that that sort of backwards piece because yeah. it's sort of reverse normality, I guess. <laughs> that was sort of like, oh wow, I I I I had no idea. Well, obviously, you haven't air quote tamed yourself because you're out there. <laughs> doing living your well, best that's, life that's actually kind of funny I don't always get how far out I am which is really actually kind of interesting people will come to me and they'll they'll have something that's for them really on the edge mm-hmm. and I get to normalize yeah. that for them and I get to say wow that's 
really fun and cool yeah and they're like what what do you mean that's fun and cool and I'm like well give it a try this is how you might want to play with that yeah I can imagine that would feel so good coming from you because like you just have I mean you guys you guys can't see Deborah but if you find her and follow her you will see lots of her (laughs) but she just exudes this total celebration for everything in her face and it's so authentic so I'm getting to like eat all this up right now and it's amazing I would imagine that would feel so amazing for people that's so cool you get to do that Mm, thank you for saying that I I just feel so lucky that this is the the work that I've that I get to do I mean it really is when people are like well what do you what do you want to talk about or what do you want to do you know and it's like this is what I get to do and this Mm -hmm. is I love talking about sex and relationships and I love really supporting people in like coming to that place where they don't think anything, where they think something's not possible mm. and helping them to, to open up to a new idea or helping them. Like one of the places that I've really been doing a lot of my own personal work and getting to support my clients in is coming to completion around something and letting go and sort of moving through. And what I mean by that is, so I've been poly for about 20 years and my partner and I during COVID, it was really our first, our first chosen (laughs) monogamy, like (laughs) forced Forced monogamy. We both had partners at the time and we both basically said, we're going to just be with ourselves at this time. Yeah. So exactly, we're going to close things down for a while, yeah. um, which was awesome. It turns out I still really love my partner. Yay. You mean you're not running away from your relationship doing poly, Deborah? <laughs> Can you believe it? I know. I mean, yeah, no, it's been it's been really fun to actually get to rediscover him because when you've been in relationship, let me rephrase that when, you know, the way we've done relationship mm-hmm. is definitely there's times when we have let things slide for a while. So I run a, an event called Tantra Speed Date, or I did I did in the before times. The and I'm going to again. Yes. So when I started leading this event, and I started back in my own practices around just being able to appreciate and run my own energy and then bring it home, I realized how little attention I'd been putting on my relationship. Mm. And that's one of the downsides of poly is that sometimes people use poly to just sort of skip over what's going on in their relationship. So I came back to like, wow, this is this is actually where I wanted to put my my attention. It's beautiful. And so it was already kind of like, oh, there's more energy going on here. There's more attention. There's more because where your attention and your intention, where you put your attention is what grows, right? So if you're putting your attention on how your partner isn't showing up for you. I mean, your first thing is to look at how you may or may not be showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that you start noticing versus when I start kind of really looking at, oh, wow, there's all these little ways yeah. that are within my partner's capacity that are within his genius zone that really he shows up in. But anyway, so so fast forward to the pandemic and not only are we, you know, I, I used to travel a lot in in the before times. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like 80 BC. I'm so tired of the P word that it's like, you know, I have to reframe it. I love the before times. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm so curious what the aftertimes are going to be. They're going to be really sexy. I'm predicting it. They're going to be super hot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to manifest it together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good clean fuss. Yes. And uh, yeah, so just kind of being around him a lot more and kind of just was like, wow, okay. This is, I remember you. Look mm, at you. That's beautiful. You still got that great ass. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, because there's one thing that always kind of comes up when you're talking about Polly and it's like, you know, the typical thing like, oh, well, you don't only love one child, right? You can have infinite love. And and yes, that's true. Like you can love as many people as you want, but you only have so much time and energy. So yeah, the more that you kind of disperse that around to multiple people, it does it does limit to a degree. So there are some little drawbacks and things like that, but that's just limitations of being a human and there being 24 hours in a day, you know? Um, so it's not a bad thing that you made that recognition of when the other partners weren't there that yes, oh, you can see your partner more. It's no different than you're going working nine to five and those nine to five hours, guess what? You're not putting them into your relationship. It's no different than that. But that recognition right. or that recognition of, of seeing your partner in a, in a different light and obviously you're in different circumstances as well yeah absolutely well you know it's funny so we went to burning man for years like we went probably for about i think 10 years all together oh that's so cool and one of the things and one of the reasons that i was super excited to go to burning man is because i got to see him in his genius so i got to see him in this place where he was relaxed, where he was connecting to people, yeah. where he was, you know, it was, it was just up. outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so far outside of his comfort zone that he was showing up differently. Ooh. One of the things about Polly that I really love is he had a longtime lover that I really enjoyed and really enjoyed me. And we weren't sexual together as a threesome but we did things together mm -hmm. and what I would love was when he spent time with her she got to see him in a whole different light so he got that really yummy not quite new relationship energy but not the your underwear are on the floor for the 15th time <laughs> I see you every day so that was his time with her at Burning Man then is that what you said? Well, no, oh, just, just um, in general. Th sorry, this was separate from oh, Burning okay. Man. I was like, oh, that's really cool. You get to go to Burning Man and see a partner and like to have that to look forward to every year. Could you imagine? I think that's kind of a big thing with, with the burn. I've never been, but I just went to my actual first official Burning Man event. Yay! In New in New York and in in, in in Brooklyn, and I'm sold. I'm going back, and I'm going to be all glittered up and amazing. And I might go to my first burn when I'm when I'm able to. Yay! Maybe maybe post COVID, it'll it'll limit the tens of thousands of people that'll be there. Maybe it'll be more intimate and like kind of from what I've heard about the beginning times of it were smaller. And because I've heard I've heard there's a lot there can be a lot of um, interesting folks showing up and kind of ruining the vibe a little bit. I've heard. Anyway, you know, there's always going to be a mixture of people looking for a mixture of things. Very true. Right? <laughs> and so it's really easy to be like, ew, they're showing up and ruining the vibe. <laughs> and it's like, well, they are showing up and they're bringing something different to the table. Mm. And admittedly, there is definitely a different experience when people come in and have a different idea of what they're looking yeah. for. 
I live in the Bay Area, so there's a lot. So that's a big part of the culture here. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which it can also become everybody's living for the burn, <laughs> right? And it's sort of yeah. like, well, that's, you know, let's, how do we bring that into our daily lives? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we bring that idea of radical expression? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's what's so profound for so many people is they go to the, they go to this space for the first time and everything is a yes, <laughs> you know, and that was kind of the yeah. thing that was kind of one of our not rules, pretty much, but our rituals was how much yes can we have? Mm. Now, granted, my, my partner is a bit more of an introvert than mm. I am. Um, so it would be like, do you want to go dancing? And it would be like, yes. And he'd be like, do you want to go find the science fiction you know, geeky guys or whatever. And it'd be like, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, yes do you me. want to, um, well, yeah. So, so I mean, for the places where it's not, where things weren't so much of a yes for me, I'd be like, well, yes, you know, so, and, and of course we, we would have our boundaries, but, but mm-hmm. the idea was that when we went part of who we were, when we were showing up there was like, how much yes can we bring? Yeah. Once you start, you know, when you practice something for a little while, you start getting it in the back of your head. Yeah. And it it starts to kind of vibrate out and find other places to be in. Like your edges start to soften too. Like, I mean, I stepped out of my comfort zone just a little bit. And after like five minutes of being in this environment, I'm like, okay, where's my hot pink feather boa and my six inch (laughs) heels? Because... I need, like, it was, there is definitely something intoxicating about it. And it just people being so free. And I think the biggest thing for me was because I went with a fellow um, uh, sex and relationship coach who has been to Seven Burns herself. And she was like, just come. And I was like, okay, I am saying yes today. Like, the same kind of thing. You know, she's all about, like, a fuck yes. And I was like, I'm saying fuck yes to this. I don't know what I'm saying fuck yes to, but I'm saying fuck yes to this. And I went and, like, literally after five minutes, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so stuffed up. I even said this to my partner and he was like, you stuffed up? And I'm like, yeah, me stuffed up. You know, but I was just like, uh, like I need I need to go. I need to spend some time in that <laughs> and feel some of that release. Like there's such a level of de-shamifying yeah. about the whole thing is what I felt. It was so good. And I was only able to be there for an hour. I'm like, more, give me more. I'm coming to Burning Man. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a whole, like, sexy sex and relationship coach. Like, we need to have, like, a camp. <laughs> like, our own little camp. Yeah. It is a place of permission, mm, right? Yeah. Now, I always like to say that my superpower is the power of permission. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree to that one. It's so fascinating how many impulses we freeze because yeah. it's like, ah. We deny ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, certainly there are impulses that are are not necessarily ones that we want to follow through on a regular For basis. Sure. I know that I am ready to find another answer to my impulse for chocolate. <laughs> Mine's ice cream. We both kind of went to the same place here. I was like, oh, yeah, I wish I had more impulse control when it came to ice cream. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, mint chip, man. The impulse control to, like, see people dancing and inhibiting yourself because of something, you know, you, you were picked on in, in middle school at the dance for dancing funny or something. Right. Or... 
just anything like that like how many people something so simple and then they lose out on the joy of of, of dance and that beautiful expression right. I mean I know I'm someone that's very inhibited it takes me but I'm also learning and I learned it going to this the event um, over the weekend that I need a little time and I need a little deshamifying from other people around me and then I can mm-hmm. get into it and so I learned something about myself this weekend through other people deshamifying for me I mean it was incredible and as far as dance too it's that's the same thing that's that's a thing for me I grew up a dancer like a professional like little Mm. kid dancer and and you wouldn't think that I would have any type of shame around dancing but yeah it's coming from somewhere I don't exactly know what that is but having that level of people just not giving a fuck and like celebrating (laughs) you letting go was amazing like it felt so good I'm still riding the high and I'm like can I go back (laughs) (laughs) that's so good I love that one year that was just our our kind of motto was like I just don't give a fuck and then it sort of turned on to like well how many fucks do I have to give it was this whole thing but it's funny as you were talking about dancing so the secret for dancing is if you close your eyes nobody can see you oh okay all right simple as simple as that (laughs) simple as that good to know I'm gonna try that next time (laughs) <laughs> yeah if you can close if you close your eyes nobody sees you oh my goodness um, that's amazing so I want to take you back to your experiences as this um in like normalization of your sexy world and all of that it sounds like you got to college and had someone who was like oh wait kind of little inhibited yeah well you know it's funny I started dating by a list so Mm. I I went through all of these different things so I went to college when I was 28 I did a lot of traveling and there was this boy and I ended up in Alaska and it was amazing Uh, and I'm super grateful for that experience. So I, I started college when I was 28 and I had had a really bad breakup when I came down to the lower 48. My intention was to go back to Alaska and to be a, a sign language interpreter and go back wow. to Alaska because, well, see, they needed, they always needed sign language interpreters in this great town that I lived in, in Homer, Alaska. Oh. And so my intention was to go to school, get my sign language interpreter, and then go back to Alaska. Huh. And while I was in the lower 48, um, my partner, actually, this is really funny. <laughs> so I get this call and it's from this woman and she's like, I'm calling to tell you what an asshole John is and that you shouldn't get back together with him. Oh, wow. One of those. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of hilarious because I'm like, well, I could have told you that. (laughs) I mean. So this was post breakup with this person? No, this is how we start. This is how the breakup started. Oh, oh, juicy. Okay. I get this call from this woman who used to be a friend of mine. And she was like, we've been together all winter long, which makes sense in Alaska. Winter hookups is not a big thing. And so she's like, and I just want you to know that he's terrible and everything else. And I'm kind of like, well, what are you doing there? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you calling me to tell you this? (laughs) So I was all, you know, hardcore while I was talking to her about like, yeah, well, But of course, the minute I get off the phone, I'm kind of a puddle on the ground. And and it was very sad. And I mean, the funny thing is, is that we had an unofficial, you know, when we were apart, don't ask, don't tell. Different area codes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly, because he would be gone for a couple months at a time doing his thing, fishing, whatever. So we had this sort of unofficial don't ask, don't tell. However, <laughs> having somebody call you up yeah. and tell is sort of... It bursts that bubble. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of set me on my like, wow, I don't want to do this again. If I'm going to be non-monogamous, I want it to be on the table and ethical and everything else. Yeah. But... um so anyway, so when that happened, I really started looking at who did I choose? Why did I choose them? I read every dating book on the market. Mm-hmm. I read, I mean, at, and at the time, things like The Rules were really big and Neil Strauss's book and The Game was really mm-hmm. big. I made this list because that was sort of the the wisdom at the time was you make a list of what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And the guy that I was dating fit the list. He was, he was attractive. He was headed in the right direction career-wise. He was interested in some of the same things I was, but no chemistry, completely different sexual interpretations and orientations. Like he fit the list. Mm. Like he was, he was everything on the list. So I was kind of trying to make things work. Mashing a puzzle piece into place. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I went that route for a while. And so he fit my list and I was trying to fit his list. Mm. And so it was kind of like this really awkward, weird time of yeah. both of us trying to be something for each other that we weren't. It's like role playing your inauthentic self. That's, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Like I hadn't thought about it that way, but that—that's exactly what it was. Is like we were role playing the ideal that we want. We uh. thought the other person wanted, and so that lasted about eight months. Mm-hmm. And big breakup, of course. And then at some point, I started back in my in my research mode because that's what I tend to do. Mm-hmm. And so then I. Um, I just decided that I was going to just practice dating because for one thing, nobody really like, like for me, dating meant that I went on two dates. I felt like I wanted to be sexual with somebody and then I needed to be exclusive with them because (sighs) that's that, you know, sex is only available in relationship. Yeah, I resonate with that one. Mm hmm. So I was so I was doing that for a while. And then I I just decided I was going to practice right? Because practice is what, what we do. Mm -hmm. So I was on this site that was like, okay, so it was pre-internet. Okay. (laughs) It was this thing called telepersonals. Okay. Right. So it was all audio. And so you would leave a message and then your ad would say like, hi, I'm Deborah, And I like whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that ad was. And then people would answer your ad and you would go back and forth and then you would meet. So I came up with this thing where basically any man who left me his phone number, I would go on a first date with because that was the way they did it. And I, I was living in Santa Cruz, but my mom was up in San Francisco and I would go up there from time to time. So I had two full pages one of my san francisco list and one of my santa cruz that's amazing. You know, bay area list and i would literally go down the list that's amazing 
Like, way to put yourself out there, though. Wow. I mean, some people I would talk to on this on the phone, and it would be like, yeah, no, this is not yeah, going to yeah. work. I had a couple of rules because, you know, we want some rules here. <laughs> yes, rules are good. And so, like, try to go on an afternoon date. Yep. Let him know that I had a time limit. Mm -hmm. Let him know that I can't remember what some of the other ones were. And then just for me, when I was going out, I, I had this idea that if there was no connection, I would practice my posture. Or I would wow. practice like using the right fork or some other type of social skill or something. Yeah, exactly. That's really awesome. And I had this, like, I, I did research on how to have a conversation. So ask questions, be engaging. Be yeah. Don't talk about your ex. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of these different yeah, yeah. sort of ideas like so I got to practice these things that's huge and then it was really funny because so my partner my partner Neil's name came to the top of the the list and oh and I had a three date rule okay. so no sex until the third date did they know this rule or were these just all no. internal rules for yourself these are all internal okay. rules so <laughs> I, I had no sex until the third okay. date because you know that was what the rule was so anyway my, my partner's name comes to the top of the list hadn't met him yet. And I didn't know who he was because I just had the name and the thing. And so we're talking. And so we we, we go ahead and we make our, our an appointment to meet. Mm -hmm. And um, I go and I go, I met him at the Wired Wash in, in San Francisco, which is a cafe. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there in his leather jacket reading some sort of like, I don't even remember what he was reading, but he was reading something and I walk up and he looks at me, I look at him and we have this just Ooh. crazy chemistry. Wow. Crazy chemistry. And so we're sitting there and like, I'm all turned on and he's oh, wow. you know, all turned on and I'm meeting him on his lunch hour because we want a time container. Awesome. It was after Christmas, but before New Year's, because we made a date for New Year's Eve. Wow. And so then, um, so we've got the next date, right? So then I go home and I'm like, shit, shit, we need a second date in there. Because if we go on New Year's Eve, that'll only be date <laughs> two and I can't have sex with him. How's that going to work? Oh. So I call him up. You got to squeeze one in. <laughs> I call him up and I'm like, um, so New Year's Eve is kind of a big deal. And, you know, I'd love to just spend a little bit more time with you so mm -hmm. that we can kind of be sure that, you know, we want to, um, we want to get together, yeah. um, for New Year's. And so we had this, again, we got together, we had this really hot chemistry. We we're talking about all sorts of different things. And I just, at some point I was like, this is it. Like I am, I'm, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to break my rules. Oh, I know. We were sitting in we were sitting in the car, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, the car. We were kind of making out a little bit, a little petting, and I was like, uh, so I'm ready. If you want my body, it's yours. If you want any, if you want more than that, you need to wait for me to come to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the this is the moment where I was like, I'm screwed because he like took his took my 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 chin in his in his hand looks me in the eye and says, I'm a very patient man. Wow. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? That just took my breath away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oof. 
Wow. Okay. So needless to say, we go out on New Year's Eve together and I don't think we made it until, you know, midnight. I was like, I'm ready. Wow. That's incredible. So he was on your list and he was a part of this experiment that you did. That's so incredible. And you know, it's funny because it's like in many ways he had nothing. Like if I look back at my list of must-haves, you know, for partners, he didn't have those things but what it was was I felt like so Mm -hmm. there's just you know we just had great chemistry and it felt really good to be in his presence that's huge that's that's yeah exactly exactly and then I think our second date he looks at me and he was like I just have to be clear you know I'm not looking to be monogamous oh well, okay, we'll do this as long as it works for me. Okay. And then I'm driving home because he was in San Francisco. I was in Santa Cruz. So it's like a 70 minute drive. And I was like, somewhere along the drive, I was like, if he doesn't have to be monogamous, (laughs) then I don't have to be monogamous. And I was like, oh, interesting. Where were you at as far as uh, non-monogamy in your life then? You know, I had never done, I'd never done it officially. Mm -hmm. I'd always been open to the idea, but I'd never had somebody say, I don't want to be monogamous. I want a different kind of relating. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, on a second date, it's such an interesting, like navigating that entire thing. It's like going into a date, there was always this like weight of assumption. And I kind of feel like I went through a very similar journey. Um, I mean, very different, but kind of very similar in like the self-exploration and what do I want from from a person and all of that and like trying to make things fit where they didn't fit. And then I went on kind of a similar thing. I didn't have like my lists or anything like that, but like I went through kind of my own social experiment where I took relationship off the table entirely Mm. and I was searching Mm -hmm. for my sexual needs but through friend partnership I didn't want one night stands that's never I've never done that like I don't want something that's not connected at all that's just not how I operate I do need or do like to have a connection with someone and that can be just friendship monogamy and all that it's not mutually exclusive for me but I do like having connection and friendship because I need a lot of intellectual stimulation and anyone I'm going to be friends with is going to stimulate me in that way. I'm going to enjoy their company and they're going to make me laugh and we're going to get along and like all the same things and be able to like shoot the shit and just do life together, but also share our bodies. And that's freaking beautiful. But navigating how to do that Mm -hmm. in a world where there's so much codependency was really a big major practice in me setting boundaries and being very clear with my intentions in relationship and it wasn't wasn't always easy and a lot of people I I could feel that they were just feeding me what I wanted to hear they were trying to Mm -hmm. fit that mold still for me and I was like no 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 I feel your inauthenticity I know that that's not like I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth but they're not correlating with your emotional actions in this situation and I can tell that you want more from me I don't have more to give and I've had to like make breaks and like really kind of protect what I wanted so it was a really interesting practice as far as vetting people we've talked about that before and really Mm -hmm. ensuring that our value systems lined up 
and the things that we wanted as individuals lined up. Like I'm an individual first and foremost, no matter what type of relationship that I choose to engage in ethically with another human being through communication and authenticity and vulnerability and all of these types of things. And that's how I met my partner along that journey. And we just have not stopped hanging out and having an amazing time together. And everything else just lines up our communication because we met each other with that kind of structure already in place. You're an individual with your own journey, feelings and emotions, and so am I. And we can have amazing sex and explore these things together. However, in order to be truly respectful of us as individuals, there needs to be a level of communication that is on par with someone that I value and trust and consider a friend. So like with mm-hmm. those types of things in place, it was it was just an interesting growth process and a learning curve, hey, hey, um, you know, in trying to <laughs> maneuver and not just with myself, but with a whole, another human who has feelings and right. emotions. And so, but I just, I love the idea of you using that as, as a little experiment and then like, okay, like if you decide the person's not going to come along with you on this journey in any capacity, like use it as stretching your social skills. And that's so cool. Like how many people would ever do something like that? And here you are just like playing with your life experience. And I love that so much. And it paid out. <laughs> mm, thank you. It's funny because like a big part of what I was wanting was it's like I I wanted no matter who I went on a date with to feel better than when we left. Even if it was going to be like, I'm not really going to be available for more dates or whatever, but I am available for this or I'm not available mm-hmm. for that or gosh, thank you so much. It was good to meet you. And so that was kind of an interesting thing of learning how to leave people better than I found them was exactly exactly I feel really lucky (laughs) it's really lucky and over the years it's like we've done all of these different things we've had all of the agreements Mm -hmm. and then no agreements and then boundaries and you know all of these different things it's like the whole the whole experience has just been a really big learning um experience and and a learning curve um And it doesn't, it really doesn't stop. No. I mean, it, it doesn't stop. You know, one of the beautiful things about the Somatica work specifically is the more I learn, the more I change, the more I can bring things into our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my partner is not necessarily somebody who's gonna, he's just not good. Like I've done a million Tantra classes and whatnot. And he's, that's just not his jam. Mm-hmm. He is not going to show up there. Yeah. He is a mostly nice guy from the East Coast. And hey. guys from the East Coast, like that's, <laughs> you know, I always like to say it's like mostly ni- nice, nice guy from the East Coast and mostly nice girl from the West there Coast. It's like, <laughs> I relate to that. My partner is like very intellectual and um, he's very open to all of the things that, that I'm into, but it'll be interesting to, to push those buttons and like get him to do some 
breathing exercises and one day do some like tantra stuff and he's so open to it but it's like i i don't know i'm like i feel like i need to explore all these things first a, a little bit but i i totally understand that but like i'm trying to get down and be more embodied and, and connected and and all those things and that's kind of what you know this weekend showing up to that little burn event was really why wow, that was really nice for me because it was just like that freedom and i would love to take him with me into those spaces and do that together and I think that's I think that's the beauty of having a partner that you are more deeply connected with and you can have those types of communications with too because then like, like you said with your partner you're still getting you're still finding things out about each other and learning each other and evolving in your two individuals I mean when you came back and through the pandemic and you're rediscovering each other like he, he's an individual you're an individual and now you've gone through yet another training and have met so many different people myself included there's a little piece of you that's different now than it was six months ago and a year ago and having Absolutely. someone who's on that ride and can appreciate you and watch you and cheerlead you on and enjoy continuing to get to know you that's freaking beautiful and hot and really sexy <laughs> yeah yeah no I I'm so I feel so grateful and just so um appreciative that somewhere along the line we both I mean I think we both choose on a mm. regular basis I think there's there I mean I know for me that there is a process of especially when mm -hmm. things are hard. It's like, okay, I'm choosing to mm -hmm. be here. I am choosing this relationship. I am choosing this yeah. connection. And when I work with couples, one of the processes that I like to take them through, like the first thing we do together is choose mm. the relationship. Whether it's choosing to end it, whether it's choosing to stay in it and work mm -hmm. in it, you know, whether they're choosing to be in it and yeah. not do the work or do any work, but like not <laughs> do any work, but anyway, but there's always a choosing mm -hmm. process for me, you know, cause I think that it's a really important thing, whether you're, you know, in a long-term relationship, whether you're actually looking to be in a relationship that you, 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 you put your intentions. Exactly. It's like, what yeah. are my intentions and how much attention yeah. am I going to put there and how much space am I going to make for that? Yeah. It's funny. It's like a lot of my single clients, when we sit down and really look at what they have space for and what are they willing to create space for, not all of them are willing to be honest with themselves about what it's like to be in relationship and to make space mm -hmm. for another person. I, I mean, I always say that relationships are a process of like having compatible crazy. Yeah. It's like you want your crazy to yeah, be compatible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you're inviting crazy into your life, you're inviting yeah. crazy in. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I mean that in the most uh, mm -hmm. lighthearted and an open yeah. way. How are you when you're stressed? How are you when you're, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about capacities recently and like, are you beyond your capacities? My partner and I just went through a busted glass door in the house that needs to be fixed. And in that moment, he was like, 
ah, like super like sweating and like like so in go mode. And after he was able to calm down and everything, we actually put a joke to it because I was like, how can I show up for you? Because I want to be there for you. I want to make things easier for you. But I feel if I put myself in front of you, I don't want to be stepping in front of the train here because you're just it's not even about me. It's just about the like stress of the moment. But how can I show up for you that's going to make this easier for you in your craziness? And we actually said, I can say to him, babe, you've gone plaid. I love it. Yes. Which is from one of our favorite movies, which was the first movie we, we ever watched together. Ludicrous speed. And so it's something that in that moment, he can recognize it's it's coming from a space of love. So yeah, the crazy goes together kind of a thing. That was a recent thing for us. It's I'm here for you. I'm I'm not trying to step in front of the train, but let let me help you come back down a little bit, kind of a thing. So good. Yeah, I love it. That's so good. We got to joke about it a little bit and and like normalize his craziness because he does he'll he'll feel a little guilty about it. He's like I'm just I hate how I get that way, and I'm like babe. That's just how you operate. It's totally fine. I know it's not directed at me, but if I were to step in, it might be. (laughs) Right. You know, but it's those levels of communication and asking the other person, how can I show up for you? Mm. Hey, got those got those flexing skills lately. So I wanted to use the last little bit of our time here and just to have you talk a little bit about specifically your coaching and how that's been going for you, where people can find you, what you're up to. I know you're a busy little bee like me and I love it. So people have lots of places to find you, but take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Now, I work mostly with men and couples and the way that I like to work is basically we create a relationship lab which means that we get to play with each other and you actually get real-time feedback Mm -hmm. right which is so important because I think it's one thing to talk things out but it's another thing to be like okay when you stand that close to me I notice my body Mm -hmm. feels tight if you watch me As you move across the room and get closer and closer, what are the physical cues that you see Mm -hmm. coming from me, right? Or when you jump from, hi, how's it doing, to something else. Your hand down my shirt. That doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, like that doesn't, that's not the way we're going to play. So I think it's super valuable to get that real live relationship Mm -hmm. style feedback. And so that's how we start. You know, we start looking at like, what are your mm-hmm. stories? What's true? What's not true? What are what are some skills that you want to develop? And a big kind of like I did with for myself, you know, I'm a big sort of yes. scientist, like what's going to work? What's not going to work? What is the edgy thing for you? And, and how can we look at it and create an experience that might be, you know, edgy and fun versus edgy Mm -hmm. and stopping you know and and also just really a lot of what I do is is normalizing Mm. and letting people know that Mm. you're good just the way you are and you can dance in your hot pink feather boa You can absolutely dance in your hot feather boa. You know? Yeah. You can do that in your stilettos and your, your pink panties. I mean, you know. And then and then too, I do a lot of work around really what are the skills that mm-hmm. make a good lover? Learning how to listen to your own body, 
learning how to connect to another person, mm-hmm. learning, I mean, to say communication skills. These are, it is, goes way deeper. This is so, so, so yeah, much exactly. deeper than like, hi, how are you? And please and thank you and stuff like that. This is really listening and being in touch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I work with people online. I work with them in person in the office. We also go on field trips mm-hmm. from time to time. Do a mock date? Kind of, somewhat, but also just finding the edge mm. of anxiety. For some people, like really learning how to stand in their body and order a rum and coke yeah. is a big yeah. thing. There's all of that stuff that mm-hmm. goes on for people. So really like figuring out what it is that we want to work with and, and play with that. Mm-hmm. That's my one-on-one coaching. I also do group work. And I am the San Francisco Bay Area of Tantra Speed Date. Oh, yes. Which is super fun. It's it's connection-based. It's very rooted in the tradition of getting to know people and be Mm. surprised. I like to say that the secret to Tantra Speed Date is you never know what's possible until you experience what's possible. I like it. And... I've had at least one couple that, well, I've had a couple of people, had a couple of couples be engaged. Mm -hmm. I was just chatting with a friend of mine who was sheltered in place with somebody that she met at at Contra Speed Date. (laughs) And there's another woman I know had a baby with somebody that she met at Tantra Speed Date. So Lots of successes. I take those as wins. Absolutely. There is no, what is the measure of a happy, of a happy relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So, so all of these different ways Mm -hmm. in which people are connecting. That's beautiful. And and there's been some great business partnerships. There's been really fun friendships and everything. A lot of the skills that we, you know, that we as sex and relationship coaches work on, they're not just for, you know, a sexual sharing of bodies partnership. It's across the board. So, I mean, a lot of the skills that we've learned together, we've been implementing in every conversation that you and I have had together. (laughs) You know, so I think it's also a really good thing in having, you know, my fellow coaches on here and showcasing some of the ways that you can share some of that intimacy over an hour long call. Mm. So where can people find you, Deborah? They can find me at DebraCat.com. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-K-A-T.com. Absolutely. And um, yes, super excited. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me and having me as a guest and sharing more of your story. And I love that you are on your way to burning. We'll see. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna need like like a mommy or daddy. I'm gonna need somebody to like hold my arm. Drag me there, please. I give you permission. <laughs> Aw, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And no, I have this to was say, so like, awesome. some of the smaller, some of the regional burns are just, all of the burns, everything has its own flavor of. And so, yeah, totally. It was a lot of fun. I, I love it. This was awesome. Thank you so much for showing up. And uh, we will see 
Miss Deborah Cat again. I am sure <laughs> so 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 much fun. Please go follow her. She's all over the place, speaking and live on Facebook, and we're all on Clubhouse. And if you visit her website, you'll be able to find her in all those juicy places. Thank you so much again, Deborah. This was fantastic. Oh my Yay. pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Yay.